It's another week and it's another episode of Scale Up with Nick Bradley. But man, am I excited about today's interview. Today, my guest is the wildly popular creator of the P90X Fitness Series. It is world-class motivational speaker and author, Tony Horton. I'm not so attached to the outcome these days. I just make sure that the consistency is the name of the game for me. Accountability is the name of the game. My tribe, the people I hang out with, that's super important, making sure I got the right folks around. Now, before we get into the interview today, pardon us as we geek out about fitness, workouts, supplementation, mindfulness, diet. We get quite hyped up during this conversation, partly because health and fitness is such a huge part of my identity as it is with Tony. But we also dive into some pretty deep stuff. His challenges in the year 2017, for example, how he struggled, but in the end came out of that experience feeling, and quite honestly, looking amazing. I'm always paying close attention to whether something's working. And I know it's working if I have less fatigue, tons of energy, and no physical pain. So Tony very generously shares his time on the show today to provide a lot of practical information for you, dear listeners. But he also gives us vulnerable moments as we talk about rising from the tough times, about grace and forgiveness, and appreciation for the things that we have in life. So are you ready? I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation with Tony. You can tell, can't you? Here we go. Welcome to Scale Up with Nick Bradley, Tony Horton. Hi, everyone. We are back with another show, another amazing conversation. I am delighted to have on the podcast today, Mr. Tony Horton. Tony, welcome. Nick, it is a pleasure and an honor to be here with you, my friend. So I'm going to kick off with the question you get asked all the time, right? But I'm, this, is, this is a personal question for me, so it's not just because everyone asks it. How do you look so bloody good at 63? Um, genetics, environment, behavior. Genetics, really? Isn't it, isn't it like genetics. that you, you have crafted this body out of stone and granite or whatever the hell it's called for years? And it's just. I don't, I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about, man. I just don't. Oh, jeez. Um, I can't yeah, do, we can't you do know, an I mean, contest, I have. I, <laughs> no, it's the combination of those three, those three things. Uh, I mean, I was blessed with skinny parents who were ectomorphs, you know what I mean? And they were both active. They, they didn't lift weights and do ninja courses like I do, but they golfed and played tennis and, and, and jogged. And they were, you know, that was kind of a popular thing when they were younger in their seven, in, in the 1970s. And I, I played team sports as a kid. I wasn't much of an athlete really, but I, you know, I, I liked to ski. I was a big skier, still am. It's the reason, probably one of the main reasons why I train my legs three days a week is I love to ski. Um, you know, so they have that genetic component. Right. But I had yeah. to build on that because a lot of people end up with good at genetics and they just completely screw it up because, you know, they get lazy or they get caught in some bad habits or they hang around the wrong kind of people and bad things happen. So uh, and then, of course, the environment is, you know, my, my dealing with my stress, external and internal. Right. The things that are happening at me and the, my reactions to those things. And that's an ongoing struggle. I won't lie yeah. to you. Um, <laughs> But, you know, meditation and mindfulness and proper sleep and hydration and and playing with my dogs and playing music and, and letting that pendulum swing in the other direction. You know, even though I train five to six days a week, it's been six days a week for several months now. And then it's just, you know, uh, pure behavior. It's what I put in my mouth and how I move my body. I mean, that's ultimately that's that's the you know, that's the whole thing. Do and I, you know, I, I always say do your best and forget the rest. I'm not so attached to the outcome. In, in, these days, I just make sure that uh, the consistency is the name of the game for me. Accountability is the name of the game. My tribe, the people I hang out with, that's super important, making sure I got the right folks around. And then eliminating people who just aren't on the same page with me. I, you know, when I was a kid, I would just keep the worst people around because, you know, I knew them forever and they were my family. Yeah. And I, I have no problem just, you know. We all do that though, don't we? And I think, you know, one of the, one of the things that just struck me as you were saying that is how has how has had those things changed for you over time, right? Not so much, you know, just the environment piece. We can talk about that probably for the whole podcast, but you know, the way you think now about say mindset and mindfulness versus physicality, um, different things that have become popular over time, or maybe they've always been things in your repertoire, but I'm curious as you've kind of learned about yourself, you've experimented and it's obviously worked. What have those things been? Well, I'm always trying to evolve and transform. You know, I don't assume that everything I knew 20 years ago applies to who I am now because I'm 20 years older. 
right? So, yeah. so I was a I was a gym guy who lifted a bunch of weights, and I'd get on the stationary bike for forty five minutes to an hour, and that that was my cardio and, and weight training. But I wasn't working on my balance. I wasn't working on speed work. You know, I wasn't doing uh, enough flexibility stuff. You know, then I introduced. You know, I've got to introduce to yoga and and going to the track and doing hundreds and two hundred meters runs and just you know just kind of changing things up. And now, now I'm most, mostly body weight stuff. I mean, I lifted weights this morning, but I, this morning I also did, you know, my standard pull-ups and push-ups. So I combine the two. Sometimes yep. it's all weight. Sometimes it's all body weight. You know, I, I walk into the gym every morning and my crew is like, okay, what the hell is he going to put us through today? Because it's, it's rarely the same thing twice. I'll change up the reps. I'll change up the range of motion. I'll add a new exercise exercises and I'll just throw them in. I'm, I'm always trying to work on my weaknesses as much or more than my strengths. That's always been my forte, especially if you look at P90X, P90X2, X3, all that, you know, like my new brand new Power Nation program, just, you know, uh, if I get really good at something, then I get bored, you know, and what happens to most people and the reason why they can't sustain their health and fitness or their, or their, or, or continue to see progress without injuries or plateaus is because they're doing the same things over and over again, stuff that they were doing, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago. Um, and that's the reason why they're not really seeing the results that they want. Describe because my their problem. Body is evolving, but they're, they're, their body's evolving, <laughs> but their routines aren't. So my, like my diet, I'm vegan right now. And I don't know, will I be vegan two months from now? I don't know. I mean, right now it's working, but I, I'm always paying close attention to whether something's working. And I know it's working if I have less fatigue, tons of energy, um, and no physical pain. I mean, I'll have a shoulder thing or a knee thing here and there, but I'll foam roll it or I'll get an Epsom salt bath. You know, so that's it. Like today, as I sit here after 24 sets of chest and back, I feel good. I feel energized. I feel pumped. I feel, you know, I don't feel wasted or injured, you know? And so um, if I, if I put a lot of routine, like in the old days, I just keep doing the same stuff and I'm, I was hurting myself and loved it, but it's, that's just part of the process being hurt all the time. And there's a lot of, you know, fitness philosophies. I won't name them where people are just broken <laughs> as much as they are. Fit, you don't have you to know? name them. Like, I, I, I can talk about one of them where I've snapped, you know, this part of my elbow doing something I shouldn't have been doing. But I'll share with you this, right? Not many people know this. Some people know this. Um, I qualified as a personal trainer back in the late 80s, and I ran my own gym for a while. And then I was the fitness writer for Men's Health Magazine for a number of years before I got into doing all sorts of crazy stuff in investment banking. And I was doing um, effectively what you would call functional activity, not quite CrossFit, but functional fitness type stuff back in the 90s, right? which you know wasn't even popularized until later on. But I, I fell into the trap, and I'll share it with you, of doing the same stuff, right? You know, like you said, I would do a heavyweight session, then I'd do 45 minutes of cardio. I'd be doing two-hour workouts. And I think a lot of people, the reason I bring this up is I think a lot of people stick to what they knew when they were younger. You kind of think it's something that you can do as you get older, and then you neglect the things that you probably should be doing. And you mentioned a couple of those things like flexibility and, and perhaps, you know, mindfulness and, and just be more focused. So I just wanted to share that with you because that's mm -hmm. where I'm coming from. <laughs> so you can relate, you can relate to me, me and, and, uh, and I run into it all the time. A lot of my friends are just, Oh my God, dude, you're still doing the same routine you did back in the nineties. I mean, wow. I mean, no wonder your, your posterior chain is weak as can be and your core is weak as can be. If your chest is big, I don't know what that's supposed to be for. Well, big chest you and know? bad, bad calves, right? That's the thing. Yeah. Big chest, <laughs> big arms, no legs, you know, but. So, so where, let's go back to, let's, let's get um, people to understand you a little bit more. Cause I, you know, you've gone through a whole heap of different challenges and transformations in your life. This, you know, and the first question for me is like, you know, obviously P90X has been an enigma. It's been such a big thing. It's changed so many lives. How did, how did you, step out, stand up, create something like that in a sea of, or let's call it an industry where it's very saturated with people trying to stand out. What was the thing that made you different and successful back then? Well, I would say that actually now it's more saturated than ever. I mean, mm, I would say that, absolutely. This, oh my God, you have so many options. I don't know how you'd make a choice. Back then, you know, I mean, it was Jane Fonda and Richard Simmons and bodybuilding and, um, and, and aerobics classes. I mean, the aerobics classes from the eighties were starting to fade a little bit and people were doing other things, you know, spin classes were kind of new, but what we were reinventing the wheel purely based on how I was training my celebrity clients. Right. So, you know, when Billy Idol or Tom Petty or Sean Connery or whoever, uh, you know, Allison Janney or whatever came to me, you know, I understood early on in my training businesses that 
you know, you want to be as verse in as many things as possible so that you can avoid the boredom, the injuries and the plateaus. And so when people are paying you a substantial amount of money and their managers and their agents are constantly calling you all the time, like what's going on, what's happening? And, you know, are they getting the results that they want? There was a lot of eyeballs on me, you know, early on. So I made sure that I made it fun. I mean, if you looked at P90X, I mean, it was an extreme fitness program, but it was silly and funny. And, you know, I was doing stand-up comedy at the time and improv comedy, and I was taking acting classes and scene study classes. And so I applied a lot of what was happening there into my sessions with people who were already familiar with that kind of a, that kind of world. Like they were actors and they were, you know, on stage and stuff. And so uh, I was relatable in that way. I wasn't some kind of a drill sergeant or shrink. You know what I mean? I was just a regular dude who was pretty dang fit for 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 my age at that time, and um, and that seemed to be the that seemed to be what should be in P90X. I thought you know, and initially when we were going to create P90X, we were going to make it six workouts, and you would do these six workouts, and you would be you'd do more reps and more range of motion, and you'd master it. And I thought, no, no, man, we got to throw Pilates in there. We got to throw core in there. We got to throw in martial arts in there. Let's just, let's, you know, let's throw it all at them. And if you look at power, my power nation program, the power four, it's not 12, it's 42 routines that people have to pick from. You know what I mean? Because if you go into a gym, right. And you go, you're doing that. What is There's only 12 options for you in that gym for, for 90 days. Or if you want to do it a second and third time, no, there's, there's dozens and dozens. And so that's, that's what just made sense to me. Right. I mean, and that way it gave more people more variety and it, uh, it, it allowed them to get better results because, it, you know, it was, we went, we had two test groups with, with P90X and everybody got in shape, at least the ones that ate right. And um, <laughs> so we go, all right, eat clean food, exercise six days a week and do a bunch of different stuff and add some humor. And, you know, I don't know, six, seven, 11 million of them. I don't know how many we sold. Well, there, there's a successful formula in that. But I think for what you said there also, you were throwing, let, let's call it the variety piece in you know, mixing things up probably a lot earlier than a lot of other people were. It sounds to me. No, that nobody seems- else was doing that. No, Every, there was bodybuilding routines and cardio routines and weightlifting routines. Nobody, I was doing everybody's routines mixed in one. And that's what made us unique at that time. And oddly enough, since then, there really, there are still ones that are very specific, right? Very specific about certain yeah. types of, of training, you know, just martial arts or just just weightlifting, which is weird. You think somebody would have ripped me off by now, but it's not an easy thing to do because most trainers are kind of myopic that way. They're very, you know, they're, they're Pilates instructors, they're yoga instructors. They're, you know, for me, I just, I experienced, I used, I was my original Guinea pig. I was like, Oh, let me go to a yoga class. Wow. I'm terrible at this. I should really, you know, Oh, martial arts. I'm not so good at this either. Maybe I should, you know, yeah, but you're mixing up your body, aren't you? Playing with adaptation. And I think, you know, my my reflection on that is a lot of people, particularly in the fitness industry, don't like to do that because it can create overwhelm, right? So if you start to think, well, you know, there's a lot of structure that people like to have. So if you're going to try and say, okay, today I'm going to I'm going to work within a framework, but I'm not going to have it too formulaic because the body's not going to adapt in that way. I think people struggle with that. So you obviously had a mindset and a way of doing that and maybe just the way you do things that made that successful at the time as well. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Let's get into yeah. energy. Let's get into energy. Cause I know this is, I want to talk about this in relation to the stuff you're doing now and the programs that you are adhering to now. Cause a lot of people who have come to me in the past, listen to this show and everything like that, they, they struggle with this, right? They go, listen, I want to do big things. I want to scale businesses. I want to create a different life for myself. I want to create bigger impact, but I'm just too damn tired. What do you say to someone who comes to you like that? What's what, is there a playbook? Is it, you know, obviously it's going to be individual. What, what do you say to someone who says that? Well, let's see if I can do an under three minute answer for that. So (laughs) energy creates enthusiasm, lack of energy creates apathy, you know what I mean? And so it's it's usually pain and fatigue that are the two things that prevent people from being kind of who they should be. And so how do you mitigate those two things? So if you're in physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual pain, then, then you have to address those things in some way. You have to find some kind of mindfulness practice um, you have to maybe alter the people who are in your life. Maybe you're not getting enough sleep. You're not meditating. You don't have any breathing practices. Your, your, your adrenal glands, your cortisol levels are through the roof because you're dealing with a bunch of stress. A lot of it has to do with diet. It's all about inflammation. I mean, inflammation, you know, mm-hmm. you could eat, you could be doing everything right, but you're slightly dehydrated and you're eating, you're eating too many carbs loaded with sugar. And that's why you're so wasted. You can't, you can't get through your day and you can't accomplish all your goals. And like the number one thing that I do every six months is I get blood work. I take 12 very large vials of blood 
uh, uh, Dracula comes to the house and just sucks my <laughs> vein. And then I look at it, right? I mean, a lot of that has to do with, and it's simple little things. Like I, 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 I had a, um, I had leaky gut and didn't know it. A lot of people have leaky gut, have no idea they do it. They just kind of, you can get through life, like irritable bowel syndrome. These are real things that if you don't, if you're not willing to, because most people are in their survival mode and they're okay with that. And they have all these ailments that create all this inflammation, irritable bowel syndrome, leaky gut, you know, um, Epstein-Barr, all these things are we, but you know, it's like, I'm not sick, sick. I'm not, I don't have the flu. I don't have COVID. I don't have cancer. I just have these underlining issues that I don't really know how to address, but they're preventing me from being the person that I want to be. And they're not so bad enough. at some enough. point you just have to go, you know what? I'm going to go to a nutritionist, endocrinologist. I'm going to say, take all my blood and analyze it. Oh, wow. My hormones are out of whack. Um, I'm not getting enough vitamin D. My testosterone's in the toilet. I have no free testosterone. You know, these are things that mm. people don't even think about. I mean, most people avoid even going to the doctor to get a checkup. You know what I mean? But until it becomes up. really bad, right? So, this, so you know, as you as you described that, I'm thinking if if something's middle of the road, right? Like it's not that bad, it's not that great. You kind of don't do much about it, right? So you're not feeling you great. Know, you're, but right. you're not dying. You're right. So, you're right. So, so on that, I, mean, though, I wrote a big. I wrote a. Go That's ahead. okay. No, I was going to say because because I I'd like to go into each of these areas really because I think for me, you know, this I, this idea of how how do you really build yourself or, you know, create what you need to create to be able to perform, right? You know, that, if I look at what you've done over, over all the years, right, you know, that's something that, that really stands out to me is what you've been successful at. And you've been able to do it time and time again with multiple different people. So, so for me, I think to get the best, you know, value, and this is personal as well, <laughs> as I said from the outset, let, let's talk about the dimensions no, I won't here. Tell anybody. No, I don't, no, 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 no. Like, you know, that's, that's the beauty of having a podcast. I get to be able to do this. But you know, let's talk about things. It's all like about fitness. you, Nick. I know that man. Uh, cool no, that. it's all about it's all about the the people I can help, right? <laughs> totally, it's both, and that's okay. It is good. It is cool. And and but I want to talk about nutrition, fitness, you know, supplements, mindfulness, particularly mindfulness, because because that gets an interesting dimension of thinking. And I just love to hear your philosophies. You mentioned before that you're vegan. You're trying that out for now, but that may not be where you go. I just like to hear how you talk about those four areas. Well, if you look at mindfulness slash yoga slash meditation, right? These are areas that most that are unfamiliar to most people. Right? And a lot of people who want to kind of take care of themselves. Yeah, I'm eating really healthy. I might not be vegan. I might be pescatarian or keto or paleo or whatever it is, but I'm eating whole foods. All right, good. Check that box. Okay. That's hard to do for most people. They can't even get that done. You know what I mean? Oh, I want to add a fitness component because, because what you put in your mouth is about your health. How you move your body is what you do to allow your body to do other things outside of being in the gym or, or doing one of my programs, you know, whatever, ice climbing and snowboarding and heli skiing and, and, you know, mountain biking. There's other things that you would hope to want to do so that you can have a life experience. Right. And so, um, you know, the mindfulness component is, is, is like, what mindfulness is this new buzzword. Like what the hell am I, what is mindfulness is listening to music. Check that box. Mindfulness is playing with your dogs. That's cool. I didn't know that. Mindfulness is, is uh, going for a walk just like in the woods or around your neighborhood. That's mindful. Mindfulness is taking a nap, right? Mindfulness doesn't have to be meditation. Mindfulness can be, you, you can rename it. So it's more palatable for you. You could just call it, um, relaxing breathing techniques, <laughs> call it whatever yeah. you want, man. You know what I mean? And the, and, the, and the cool thing is, is that when you understand, and yoga is a moving mindfulness practice. And that's the reason why it's in every program I've ever done. And everybody wants to skip the yoga because they're not good at it. And they have to, you know what I mean? Because it's, you're holding these asanas or postures or poses, whatever you want to call them for long periods of time. And they're usually isometric in nature. They flow from one, you know, Hatha, for example, flows from one Pot, you know, up dog, down dog, some salutation yep. is a series of just, you know, whatever, inhale, exhale, hang down, step back, chaturanga, upward dog, downward dog, you know what I mean? And it's just messes with people's minds, you know, and it's supposed to like sitting quietly and breathing is just hard for people because they want to be somewhere. They want to do something. They want to think they want to write. They want to type. They want to go. And so that, but if that's who you are all the time and you're getting lousy sleep and you're eating bad food and you're not hydrated, well, it's no surprise that you're burning the candles at both ends. And the beautiful thing about a mindfulness practice is it just allows your mind and your body to settle, to heal, to relax. You know what I mean? It's, it's in my, it's in my book, you know what I mean? Um, law number nine is find balance, you know, just through, through chilling. 
You know what I mean? A lot of people are like, oh, I, I, who owns a bathtub? And I'll have an event here at my house with 30 people. I do. When was the last time you were in it? Like, I don't know, never. You know what I mean? Get some Epsom salts, put it in the damn tub, turn down the lights. You can light a candle if you want to. You don't have to. And play some <laughs> music that just makes you feel good. Like, it, it's not like, you know, it's not some big, hard, horrible, arduous thing. But when you understand that, when you when you place that that into your life, then boy, all of a sudden the aches and the pains go away. The fatigue goes away. The energy goes through the roof. The enthusiasm for doing, you know, cool new projects starts to happen. And it's all because you learned how to relax. See that I'd never heard it described like that before. (laughs) Cause you know, people put labels over stuff and they, and sometimes it becomes more complex than it needs to be. But you know, the way I sort of think about it is sometimes we don't give ourselves enough grace, right? Like we've got, you know, lives are busy. The, the idea that we're always connected because of technology, you know, you become addicted to this stuff, right? You know, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I can turn off my phone at, you know, nighttime and no have, have no screen time, but people don't. But what you just described there is just kind of giving yourself that, as I said, that permission, that grace to be able to just slow down a bit. Grace is a, is a beautiful word. Grace, civility, forgiveness. You know, what if you just went out of your way and did something really spectacular for somebody that you don't even like, you know what I mean? And you think don't, doesn't like you. It's the reason why I have the life that I have. I went and did a favor for a guy because I was reading one of my personal development books that you can see back here behind me. Yep. It said, go out of your way and do something really nice for somebody you don't like. I'm like, what? I don't even want to do nice things for people I like. But I went ahead and, you know, I want to <laughs> fulfill my obligation based on what I read at the end of this chapter. And that guy introduced me to the now CEO of Beachbody, who I would have never met in a million years if I didn't just offer to train him because he was overweight and struggling. And uh, yeah, and a year a year later, I mean, he was a guy I didn't even want to hang out with. I just played basketball with this guy. And he turned out to be a spectacular human being, made this great connection. And then Carl and I made Power 90, P90X, P90X3, a 20-year relationship. And I'm not with him anymore, but- well, I just had a curiosity. Work. Why didn't you want to? What was the, what was the mindset then or the, the thing that you thought that actually this wasn't someone you, you, know, you wanted to spend time with, you know, as a trainer, as whatever, as what was that? Um, well, the guy that, the guy that, uh, uh, you know, this was just a guy that I, I'm not quite sure your question though. Ask oh, sorry. What no, what mean? I mean, like, like you said, you're saying that there was a point where, sorry, I may have got it wrong, where you said you met the guy who then opened up the whole beach body relationship for you, which then was the spark for P90X. You were saying that that was, it's a little bit like a sliding door moment. My question is like, you could have closed that door, but you lent into it and it opened up this world that probably took you to a totally different level. Oh my gosh! I, I'd still be living in a van down by the river. Like <laughs> in you know, good shape, I mean, right? well, it was it was really because I was trying to become a better man, right? Yeah. I was I was I was stuck. I mean, I was training celebrities, which was kind of fancy, but I was still living in a crappy little two bedroom apartment, right, with my car getting broken into like every other week. You know, there's nothing special about my life, and I was beginning to be in my early forties. It's like you know, all my friends are married and they have houses and they have kids, and I'm still single living in this apartment. And, you know, I mean, I was doing it, my, doing my thing my way. And I thought it was pretty cool that I was training Tom Petty, Billy Idol, Annie Lennox and Bruce Springsteen in one day. That was kind of cool. You know what I mean? And so I, I had enough money to go on my ski trips and buy a halfway decent car and, and pay my bills and get out of debt. But it was I wasn't really doing anything special. I was just an, one of hundreds and hundreds of other trainers in this town. You know what I mean? But but the personal development thing was just something that I fell into in college. And I just kept reading these books and I would apply the things that sort of that I felt like I needed and I would discard things that were in the books that didn't really apply to me. And one of them was forgiveness. It was just forgiveness, like letting go of all the bad juju you have against certain people because you thought, I thought I was slighted against and all this stuff. And this guy was kind of, I thought was kind of an arrogant, he was wealthy, he had a beautiful wife, he had gorgeous daughters and he had the life I never had. And he kind of thought I was sort of a wise guy and he was right. You know what I mean? And so I went, I, I asked him to see if he wanted to train with me purely because I read a stupid thing in a book, right? I thought just to kind of, you know, like I said, to fill out and he turned out to be, he said, yes. It's like, what? <laughs> I thought for sure he'd say no. I trained him every Monday, Wednesday, Friday for an entire year till he introduced me to the now CEO of Beachbody. So, there you know, you I mean, I talk about that in my seminars. I just say, there's a lot of anger in the world right now. There's a lot of division in the world right now. And there's, you know, kind of, there's reason for it, right? Because there's completely different philosophies about COVID, about vaccinations, about politics it's it's really hideous and and we're we don't even talk to friends and family anymore you know what i mean husbands and wives are doing this because one's vaccinated and one isn't you know what i mean it's like at some point 
you know, you gotta, you gotta let go of that stuff. And when you can, when you can actually become the opposite of the person that you are, which is angry and frustrated and, oh, and this guy and her, right. And you go, Oh, that doesn't serve me. It's making me exhausted. My, my, my cortisol levels are through the roof. No wonder I'm, I'm, I'm sore. I'm in pain. I'm fatigued. It's because I'm angry at that, those people, you know, what if you just gave them a hug? You know what I mean? Hug the people. It's so, it's so much Love easier. The but this little thing it called is, pride. I mean, and it's like, if, but it's hard because you're kind of, you know, everybody's. Yeah, it's, it's ego and pride, place. Tony. It's ego and pride. But if you just pride. let it go, <laughs> it, it'll give you the energy. We're back to energy. It'll give you the energy to really, you know. Well, you've covered mindfulness in a, in a pretty powerful way, man. Like that was that that in that, that was worth the ticket of admission straight away. Let's let's talk let's talk about um, we talked a little bit about fitness and nutrition. Um, supplementation, something that I'm curious about. Um, you know, back to the whole idea of whole foods and whatever else. Where does supplementation fit in your philosophy? Well, I have my own supplement line. You know. Oh, okay. Power, so I can answer life, that. But I have. I mean, that that's the <laughs> that's the bulk of my income, Nick. You know. Um, and the, and the supplementation, I have been taking supplements forever, you know, I mean, creatine back in the old day, multivitamins, yeah. that kind of thing, protein powders, you know, super greens, all these different kinds of things. Cause from my educate, now I'm not a nutritionist or an endocrinologist. I just, these people are my friends. You know I mean? They have businesses where they, you know, instead of using meds, pharmaceuticals, you know, I, I use, I use supplements as a means to sort of, uh, help me heal right? Help me recover and give me the energy to do what I need to do five to six days a week. And so my regular food source, my, my vegetables, um, you know, there's no, uh, no eggs, there's no chicken, there's no meat, there's no fish, right? So I have to use supplements and vegetables uh, as a means to sustain my strength and, and, and heal and recover. Now, if you look at any professional, collegiate, Olympic, high school athlete, they're all taking something, you know what I mean? Some, a lot of times they're taking things they shouldn't be taking. They're taking too much of things they shouldn't be taking. But, you know, I mean, it's all about, it's really about, I'm training super hard. The regular su food supply is not going to give me enough, enough vitamin D. It's not going to help re re uh, heal my muscles and, and my joints and my bones. So I've got to get a supplement. So, you know, I created a, a protein powder with something called HMB and HMB yep, works with, with high doses of vitamin D and leucine. Um, for people who are getting older, I mean, I'm 63, man. So uh, I need, uh, I need everything I can get to kind of be able to maintain my strength and stuff and broccoli and, and onions aren't going to do it. You know what I mean? So, um, I get and a lot of people want to fight me tooth and nail on the supplement thing. And you know what I mean? You don't really need them if you had, you know, but not everybody has super amazing organic clean sources of food and they're they're, they're They have a certain amount of stress and they're not eating re regular calories and meals like this it's kind of all over the place because life gets in the way or or whatever they're not doing their food prep you know i mean there's uh, there's you know the list is long on why uh people um aren't eating the uh, enough of the right kind of foods and not getting enough uh nutrition from those foods so supplements fill in the gaps that's it's in the name no i get it as well it's also right. in the you know pe people are trying to be efficient right like and running around whether that's right or wrong and, and therefore they're probably not, as you said, disciplined in areas which are going to give them that more rounded um, approach, right? Yeah. But, you know, one yeah. of the things you said there, which I just want to delve into a little bit more, more now, is, is particularly on the veganism side. And, and this is, you know, again, personal thing as well. What, what, what was it about becoming vegan? What was it about the science or the, the experiments that you did or have done, which, which have made you think, you know, this is the right way of, of nutrition and eating for me for now? Well, this is my third attempt. And the first two attempts were, were, didn't go well. I actually lost weight. I lost energy and you know, I've kind of got anemic. Um, and I thought, well, maybe veganism is, isn't for me. But the reason why I went vegan the first two times is I was noticing that other friends of mine were having tremendous gains and less inflammation, tremendous strength gains and less general inflammation in their joints and everywhere else um, and better digestion and all these kind of things and better quality of sleep. You know, I mean, Brendan Brazier is a friend of mine. He's the creator of Vega, which is, you know, one of the really popular worldwide brand. Um, and Laird Hamilton's another one. Uh, yep. um, uh, Darren O'Lean, who created uh, Shakeology for Beachbody. Like, look at these guys. They're just beasts. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I had aches and pain. I had shoulder pain, but I had, you know, arthritis, bursitis, two bone spurs, and a 30% torn labrum. So, okay. Right. And so how was what I eat affect that? Well, it's funny. I, I was after the, this is my third attempt. After two weeks of being vegan, I don't have any pain in my shoulder anymore. 
Like my knees don't hurt anymore. I go, what is that? You know what I mean? So I'm just going to roll with that. But now I'm very disciplined where before, oh, I'm, I'm hungry. I'll eat crackers because they're vegan. <laughs> crackers. I'm going to have some corn chips. No wheat, no soy, no corn, no dairy. Now I'm vegan minus those four things. Now, obviously, you know, dairy is not is, is not vegan, right? But the soy, the corn and the wheat, they're gone, right? So I, I, I don't have, you know, celiac, but I, I do have issues with, you know, and I love pasta and I love pizza, man. I mean, I'm a Italian boy over here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So I, I want to eat that, but I find gluten-free versions that taste pretty good. Right. So, I mean, and now it's a shake in the morning. It's a shake in the late afternoon, early evening and, and, and meals and snacks in between. And I got it wired and I got food delivered to my house. And I know where the, I know where the deli is where I can get just, they have a deli of just vegetables and I get them and I put them in the air fryer and I got my, I got it down now. Where the first two times I was like, oh, shushi, I haven't eaten in seven hours. I think I'll have some corn chips. That's not how to be vegan. I just, I just so. like steak too much. But then again, you know, I'm, I'm starting to see people around me. I'm 47, right? I'm seeing people around me who have, who have moved into a more vegan or plant-based or whatever you want to kind of call it sort of thing and have made- Yeah, plant-based, yeah. That's what I call it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But seen significant changes. So, and information's a thing for me. I've I've run uh, twenty four marathons, uh, twenty sorry, sixty seven marathons and twenty four ultra marathons. And so I've got like knee problems and all sorts. So I'm always looking for something that's gonna, you know, help me age as as nicely as I possibly can. That's why I'm again curious. <laughs> well, well, in the knees, P PRP. P I mean, I've, since I've been vegan, I haven't needed any PRP, but I, when I was not vegan and when I wasn't vegan, I was plant-based, but with fish, but with chicken, well, but yeah. with some, oh, what are those elk tenderloins on this, on the menu? <sighs> yeah. And I, we have a place in Jackson Hole. So if there's elk on the menu, you know, the vegan goes right out the window and I have, you know, because the elk was alive like eight hours earlier in a field, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, and what, what are, what are elk? They're vegan. So I'm eating oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we, before we move on to something a bit different, um, what are your, if you said that, if I said, what's your non-negotiables now in terms of the things that you do um, that every day, every week are important for how you are maximizing your energy, maximizing what you're doing, what would those things be? Um, keeping, keeping subpar people in my life. Mm. You know what I mean? That's just really, really, I, I, you know, like, I think I mentioned that earlier in our, in our conversation, but you know, I'm struggling with somebody right now. And I actually just this morning, I made a decision that I, I don't think I ever want to talk to that person again. I just can't, like, we're not on the same page on so many things. Right. So, and it's a, it's a bummer. Cause I, I used to like this person, but it's just that the way they treat me, which is shocking, <laughs> shocking to me. It's like, I got to just do this, man. I just got to say, Hey, you know what I mean? It was a great run go about your way. You, you have a different philosophy than I do about life in general and how to communicate with people. And I just can't, I can't be that person. So that's it. You know, and I, and it's like, wow, you know, and a lot of people just came around keep a lot of hanger oners around and wannabes and naysayers and finger pointers. I mean, it's, it's, it's like walking around with an anchor behind you. You know what I mean? Like I don't need that kind of energy in my life. The other one is alcohol. I, I gave up alcohol 30, I don't know. I don't know the last time I had a, had a drink. And I never had a problem with it. I used to drink because everybody else did. And I didn't really enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like an ice cold beer on a hot day. Like that's about the only thing I miss. But I have four or five fake beers brands that are freaking amazing. So they taste, they taste more or less the same these days. I think, I think that, you know. They're really good. Like Heineken makes a good one. Plug, can I have more free? Um, <laughs> and, and others, you know, there's other ones as well. Uh, but like hard liquor ugh, and I have alcoholism in my family. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. You know what I mean? It's, it's too bad. And, and, you know, talk about energy and enthusiasm. I just don't understand. It blows my mind why people would, I mean, a, a glass of wine or a beer or two, whatever. I mean, I'm not going to give you a hard time for that, but to get drunk, which means you're now you're acting like somebody different than who you are, which is probably not appealing to the vast majority of the people that are in the room. So now you're just creating this really awkward, embarrassing situation based on your inability to not drink too much. And then you wake up the next day and you, there's nothing you're doing. You're just in survival mode. You know, there goes the workout, there goes the productivity, there, you know, probably a fight or two with your spouse or somebody else. It just creates so many problems. You know what I mean? And a lot of people, it's, addiction is real. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. Right. I mean, I, I know because I've seen it in, in family members. Um, but yeah, I, I just, oh, and that's partly why you know, I, I think I'm able to maintain a, a vital, youthful, um, and well, you know, it's, my it's mind is I, still pretty sharp. I look at it in terms of like, certainly in the world of entrepreneurship, it doesn't really go right. Because, 
you know, whether, whether you think of it this way or not, like, you know, going to a job every day and you're getting paid and being hung over at your desk, you know, you can probably do that. Right. But if you have to get up every day and, and, and sort of kill what you eat, right? hunt, hunt for yeah. the next. It's not client. conducive to thinking outside of the box. You know what I mean? No. And I wonder, outside of the box. I, I wonder as a generation that sort of we've gone through um, where like, you know, having a drink, you know, if you look back to like shows like Mad Men where they were cracking open the scotch at like, one, you know, 10 o'clock in the morning. I wonder as people growing up now, whether people will look back at us like in like 20, 30, 40 years time and go, why were you drinking alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because uh, uh, yeah, I mean there are people I know on Saturdays and Sundays in the morning they're drunk because they're getting a mimosa, they're getting the Bloody Marys, or I mean that's just who they were, that's who their parents were, that's who their grandparents and that's just what they did. You know what I mean? And they can't figure out why, you know, as they get in their fifties, sixties, and seventies, why everything goes from this to that. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I'm I, as a sixty-three-year-old. I'm I'm at that age now where I'm seeing the wheels coming off of a lot of my peers, and there are funerals that are starting to happen. You know, for people who really mm, no, I'm themselves. seeing that too. And, and they I must think, hate, they must hate you, man. They must they must look at you. You, t- you turn up to like whatever else, and you're looking still like you're thirty something, and <laughs> and they're and they're sort of like you know in wheelchairs, you know, that that, that, that that's going to get people hating you, Tony. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I, I I have some detractors. You know, they all think I'm you know, covered in Botox and I'm taking steroids and then I dye my hair and whatever. I mean, people, people who have living miserable lives, it's easy. It's no shock that they're nasty people. You know what I'm saying? So, so I don't care. I mean, like, you know, whatever, I know, say no, what I'm, you yeah. want. I'm, I'm past the point of giving a crap about what people think of me. You know what I mean? That's a big relief that, I mean, you want to feel good about yourself, stop caring what everybody says. You yeah, know what I mean? You can't control and, and getting what yourself all thinks. riled up about it. Cause they're going to be who they are. It's not like you're going to change them to some kind of, you know, 20 minute conversation. That's not happening. So uh, yeah. Yeah. I get a little bit of that. Let's um, let's, let's finish up our conversation in, in something I want to kind of go into. So correct me on the timing of this, but you know, you had a pretty traumatic 2017 different things were going on. Not good. Not good. And not good. part of that was your health. Part of that was losing some friends. And I watched a video of you um, where you don't look, you don't look anything like you do now. Just take me through that. There's two, there's two things that are in my mind. Firstly, what happens? But more importantly, what did you do? Because, you know, you've come back from some pretty full-on stuff. And I'm just curious about the mindset, what you did, and what you've learned from that experience and how that's affecting you today. Well, in October of 2017, which is four years ago last month, I ended up with Ramsey Hunt Syndrome. And when I went to the ER with Ramsey Hunt syndrome, the doctor had to Google it to figure out what the hell was wrong because he didn't know what what he was looking at. So Ramsey Hunt syndrome is shingles in your ear and your ear is very close to your brain. And so there's a lot of nerves there that are right inside of here uh, that go into your brain that affect sight, smell, taste, and balance. And all of those on me went south. So, you know, like bright rooms and dark rooms and, you know, the, the vision and the balance kind of go hand in hand. And, and I, all I could smell for months was secondhand smoke that wasn't there. That was weird. Oh, and everything I ate tasted like wax. It was, it had, nothing had, had no flavor. But the big issue for me was the, um, was, the, was the tinnitus in my ears. It was a 12 and it was constant. And with the, with the, even after the shingles went away, there was this throbbing deep pain in conjunction with horrible balance uh picture a drunken sailor on a cruise ship in a hurricane okay that's that was me 24 7 365 so i slept a lot because in a bed i didn't have to deal i didn't stand up and i couldn't eat because of the nausea i'd get up to eat and then i would get so nauseous i would throw up whatever so i was like through a straw mostly oh wow and uh, i lost 25 pounds and um couldn't work, couldn't train, couldn't drive, couldn't do anything really. And it was a, um, anybody who has it, it, it can become a very debilitating, uh, um, non-curable because it's not curable. Uh, but it can become so debilitating that if you don't do all the things that I did, it doesn't get better. Some people get Bell's palsy. I had it, but it went away after a month. A lot of people it's permanent, right? They just, if the nerves are shot. Um, but my, but what I did was it's, every nanosecond that I could do something like go for a walk or, and I started going to rehab. I had to go to rehab to learn how to walk again. Um, um, but I had, I had had a history of health and wellness. I had a history of good behavior. I had a history of 
proper eating, good nutrition, and regular exercise. So as soon as I was able to, and sometimes I started too soon, I, I walked on the treadmill for three minutes, I had to lie down, I threw up everything I had in the morning, and I had to lay down for three hours, walking on a treadmill for five minutes. How long, you know how long did this last for? So from when you first felt this condition? It, to was, when it was severe. It was severe for three or four months. And then it very slowly over the course of about the next two years improved as I was able to begin to exercise and eat better and get the weight on again. But to the, but now what happens is it manifests into something called bilateral vestibular hypofunction. And also somewhere in there, I ended up with Epstein-Barr. So I, I still have Epstein-Barr and I still have bilateral vestibular hypofunction. And when Epstein-Barr, and, and, and then now, I have to be super careful with my stress. I have to make sure that I get my eight and a half, nine hours of sleep. I have to be very diligent about getting water into my body. Um, uh, and that, that's why I have to get rid of bad people. Like, oh, you're not a good person. You got to go. Because if I have that kind of those kind of conversations and those kind of interactions, it'll activate it. Um, and now four years in, I'm pretty good most of the time. Meaning, and for me, it's the balance issue. Like there's a lot, like I have a slack line in my backyard still to this day, four years later, I used to be able to walk up and down my slack line. If you don't know what a slack line is, it's a piece of webbing and it's about two, three feet off the ground. And it's, it's like a tightrope. It's like a tightrope trampoline. And it's, uh, you know, and I, I still to this day can't walk on it. It's still too hard for me. Um, so, but I can ski, I can get both feet on that ground, man, and make those turns. You know what I mean? I, I, that's, you know, you just, you just figure stuff out. And if you're willing, and so I, you know, I would, when I was to go to rehab, there'd be a lot of vets from Afghanistan and Iraq in the room because they had been blown up or something. Right. So their, their inner balance was, was gone too. So um, different, different way to end up in the rehab, but um, yeah, it was really hard. And so it all, it all happened because I was going through negotiations with Beachbody. I mean, it's the reason why I'm not there anymore. When you're with an organization for 20 years, you remember, remember what happened to Tom Brady, if you follow football? Well, I was going to bring him up because yeah, anyway, a lot of Super Bowls. Thank you. So I'm assuming this year you're going to, oh, you're going to change. Okay, I'll go somewhere else and win a Super Bowl. So that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to go. So I'm somewhere else. So there was a lot of, so what I'm thing. hearing from that, there, there was a fair bit of stress going on at the time. And that, and then, and, and that's partly why you oh, were it was saying. Horrible. I, I just was, I, I was shocked and amazed at how I was being treated. After, after 20 years of service, man, I was just like, you know, not to throw anybody out of the bus, even though it sounds like I just did, but you know, it was an amazing ride without beach, you know, without beach body. Um, I wouldn't be the guy I am. I mean, that's a fact without me, they wouldn't be who they are either. Right. So I just found that to be a little disturbing. Plus Tom Petty died and I had friends that were at the Vegas shooting. Um, you know, it was just like that all happened within two days. And I, my, I was just, you know, like this. And so that, it started with a headache and then I was in the hospital throwing up and, and here it is four years later. It's, it's still part of my life. How do you feel now? As I sit here, yeah. I don't want, it's always a one to 10 scale. Like when, when I was sick, it was always a nine or a 10, nine or a 10. I couldn't get out of bed. Couldn't function. Couldn't do it. But, but now I suffer from like a one to three, a three is not fun. It just, I have to work really hard. I have low energy. I have to take two or three naps a day. Um, today I'm not even a one. I mean, it's there. There's a little bit of, it's not vertigo. Vertigo is this. This is like, this is like this inside of my head. There's a little shaking going on, you know, but right now it's a one, which, you know, when you, you know, if you lose an arm, you adapt, right? It, whatever if you, if you adapt and I'm at that. And a one is like, woo, yes, I'm good. You know what I mean? What have you, what so have you Every learned? once in a while, it'll be, a, every once in a while, it'll be a zero. And I'm like, oh yeah, this is what it was like. I was going to, I was going to say, yeah, you remember it. What, what have you learned from the experience? You know, to have to go through for someone who's been at the peak of their game, certainly from a physical perspective, to then not be, you know, and coming out of it as you appreciation. are. Appreciation, appreciation for what I have and who I am and the people that I've affected and where I live and my house in Jackson and my beautiful wife and my three little dogs. Like I can sit on my patio now and go, dang man, you. You did all right, bro. Where before I was like, ah, whatever. I want to work harder. I want more. I want a, I want a new deck. I want to replace the pool. You know what I mean? Isn't it Since funny? Isn't it funny how sometimes that that hits us? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just yeah. just the the more sort of global perspective of that. You know, everything's working, and all of a sudden, there's a leveler. <laughs> Some levelers are more dramatic. Than oh, you others, broke up there, Nick, a little bit, but. No, what I said is sometimes it's funny how everything's on game, everything's on point, and then you have a leveler, 
something that brings you down a few levels, right? Right. I yeah, it's funny how that happens. Happened to me. Happened to you. What? What's, um. I mean, I really, I appreciate, I appreciate what, appreciate what it was, and and what happened to me, and all the lessons that were learned from it. I'm still learning those lessons. I'm not a perfect man by any means. I mean, I still have my confrontations at times where I could behave better, better than I do. Um, but I do have, I do have. I have a regular meditation practice now. It's it's two or three times a day. It's it's when I need it. If I if I feel like I'm a three on that vestibular issue, then it's, it's time for me to you know close the door and draw the curtains and just sit in a chair and and just take some breaths. You know what I mean? And I've been reading um, David Nestor's book Breath, which has been amazing. Uh, John Kabat-Zinn's book uh, Full Catastrophic Living was another game changer for me. These are my kind of meditation, breathing Bibles, you know. Um, and so you, you learn, and the th cool thing is if I hadn't had that experience, I wouldn't have learned all these really great techniques on how to, to chill even more and relax even more. Has that then been incorporated into the stuff you're doing now, the programs? So absolutely. I mean, the power of four is food, fitness, mindfulness, and supplementation, right? That's why we call it the power of four. Most programs are just fitness and maybe mm. Fitness and maybe nutrition, but, but they don't cover the rest. I agree. Yeah, nutrition. You know, typically, if you you know, obviously, but the mindfulness is as critical a piece to that to that program as anything else. Um, and and then for a lot of people who have been participating, in it, it's like, wow, this is brand new. But it's funny when they talk about the four different legs of it. Mindfulness comes up a lot. Like, wow, this, I I had no idea how powerful this was, how important this was, and I don't feel like a weirdo, you know being quiet or whatever because you know people want to judge weird new stuff and for a lot of people it is but but that but the feedback has been amazing and the results that people have been getting have been amazing and and because of the four different components people have been this is the most consistent test group uh we call them beta groups because it's online but I mean, it's just amazing to see there's a community of 1500 people right now, and it's fluctuated from 2500 down to 1300. But there's about 1500 here that have been with me for 15 months. And they're all it's just such a super positive, supportive, loving community, you know, what I mean, all shapes and sizes and colors and religions and political backgrounds, and they're all getting along. Like I thought I, mean, I, but I get in there and I'll just say, imagine if the whole world was like us. Like we let all that other crap just not about that. It's not about politics, not about religion. It's not about the color. Perhaps right. Perhaps right now with everything going on, you mentioned this, you know, a few few minutes back. Perhaps that's what's needed, right? You know, with so much division. <laughs> Sometimes you maybe you just need yeah. to lose that, right? But um yeah. it looks really cool, man. I'm gonna make sure that we um we we put a link to to it into um so it's power nation, really, the power of four. We'll make sure that people, if they want to kind of delve a little bit more into your stuff, Tony. They can get access to sure. that as well. Last question for you as we finish up. You've been very generous with your time, mm -hmm. but what what's next sure. on the horizon? Other than the stuff we've spoken about, you know, you're obviously recovering from what you've been through. What's what's what else is on your plan, if you like, that excites you coming up? Well, I'm kind of in the thick of what I'm doing. I don't. I haven't. I haven't looked too far forward. Uh, you know, kind of on a personal level, Sean and I are looking to move to Jackson Hole for six months out of the year. So we were, you know, we're here full time in LA you know, 365. And we've got a great pad and I've got great friends and I love this place. You know what I mean? I mean, it's 70, 70 70.3 degrees outside with blue skies and puffy clouds. I mean, you know, it's like, the sounds better than here. Have, have I'm in cold, dark England. I'm in the middle of England. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I do. I'm sure. I'm sure. Like a day like today, everybody <laughs> runs around outside for you. I was like, yes. You right. know, I have a lot of friends from the UK. So they, they live here now for this reason. But this city, there's a lot of, you know, I mean, it's like New York or other big old cities. There's a lot of traffic and craziness. And so, you know, um, the goal here is to continue to build the supplement line um, and make that grow. I've been in the studio twice last week. I was in the studio yesterday. The crew will be here tom uh, tomorrow, Friday for us. So I'm really putting a lot of energy into that, into that, into power life. And, and they're great products and people seem to love them. We just got to get the word out. And so that's where my energy is going forward. And also doing, you know, building Power Nation from 1,500 people to 2,500 to 5,000 to 10,000 and make it grow. I mean, it'd be, it, you know, I mean, P90X was millions of copies. If we could sell half a million of these to people, um, that, that's kind of where we're at. And if those two things go the way we think they're going to go, then I can go to Jackson Hole and chill out there for six months and just sit there because in my backyard there are elk and there are deer and there are moose and there are bear and can you and ski there can, more importantly can you ski there yeah it's <laughs> from my house i go down through the woods 
I crossed the street and there is the gondola and the tram. And on de December 4th, I will be there going down that little run. Love and, it. you know, Jackson Hole is one of the, you know, premier ski areas here in, in the West of uh, the United States. It's just a, you know, it's just an amazing, beautiful, crazy, you know, unlike like Aspen or Vail, which is a lot of people and a lot of stuff. It's, they still keep it. It's just, just kind of a small Western town. And that's the future for us. You know what I mean? And I'm 63. By 65, I hope um, there's a lot more mindfulness time than there is work time. That's the hope and dream. I think that's the hope and dream of most people, mate. I think you've summarized <laughs> that very well. Yes. Listen, um, Tony, Tony Horton, what an amazing um, story you've had, right? It's been a privilege, privilege having you on the show today. Um, where can people find you if they want to get out in touch with you? Um, all, well, let me see. Where's my little list here? Because I don't really, I'm, not, I'm 63, <laughs> so I don't have much of a I've got TonyHortonLife.com, which is a pretty TonyHortonLife.com cool. is A number one. Right. It's got it's got you uh, doing martial arts and doing all sorts of cool photos and looking like a rock star. So that, that's yeah, that's yeah, yeah. There's there's some of that on there. But yeah, I do a lot of live events. Um, you know what I mean. If you want to contact me, if you have something that you want me to show up for, um, yeah, I'll be doing something on on the East Coast soon. Uh, in in January will be my annual. And you can find this all on TonyHortonLife.com. Is our annual ski yoga ski yoga snowboard retreat in Jackson Hole. Um, and there's still a couple of spaces available for anybody. I mean, people, we've come from all over the world for that event. Uh, but uh, Instagram, it's at Tony S. Horton and YouTube, just Tony Horton on YouTube. Um, and then, of course, if you want to check out my supplements, it's mypowerlife.com. Awesome. Well, Tony, mate, as I said, great conversation. I said, I, I, I've taken a whole heap of stuff that I wanted to know. So, you know, but we've, yes! been, trans we've been transparent about that, right? You know, that the privilege yes. of hosting a podcast is you get to ask these questions of people who've done some amazing stuff. Things, sharing it with <laughs> your fans. It's, everybody, everybody uh, wins. It's good. It's all good. That's all good. Well, listen, sir, thank you so much for your time. Um, great meeting you. And uh, again, all the stuff that you've added today to help people has been phenomenal. And I know people are going to be very appreciative of that. So, Thank you awesome. for being on the show. Nick, my pleasure, man. Thank you. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Scale Up with Nick Bradley. If you've enjoyed the show just as much as I've enjoyed creating it for you, then I'd really appreciate you leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, why not subscribe to the channel so you never miss a future episode? It really helps me. It helps the show. Plus, it makes it easier for others to access the content that I'm producing week in and week out. And finally, if you want more information about anything that you heard in today's show, to find out how you can join our community on Facebook or to find out how you can get more help in scaling up your business and your life, click the link in the show notes now.